What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Mafia Podcast, NBA edition. My name is Jordan Jica, a.k.a. Dr. Fantasy, and I am here with my co-host, the Fantasy Caveman, and we are in the middle of our series where we are breaking down each and every team, reviewing their 2019-2020 season, and then previewing their upcoming offseason. This is the episode that the caveman has been waiting for since the very beginning. I know he's excited about it. I know that he was probably hoping that we would be doing it later because we're doing it in the order that the uh, teams finish this season. So uh, not quite the case, but they still had a successful season overall. So I'm going to recap their season here, and I'm sure Caveman's going to talk most of the episode about how (laughs) wonderful they are. I'll chime in with some relatively negative remarks about their organization, and then that'll be pretty much the recap of the episode right there. So let's uh, kick it off with a recap of last season. Uh, they were 44 and 28 under Mike D'Antoni, who is no longer with the organization, which I'm sure we will get to. They lost 4-1 to the Lakers in round two. Uh, you know, I have to mention they had the most points in the entire NBA. This is a team that can score points. However, you know, I have to also say that they were one of the worst <laughs> defensive teams in the league. So they, as strong as they were offensively, they were almost as equally bad on defense. So that's something I'm sure that we'll talk about coming up. But let's go over some of the points leaders and other category leaders here. James Harden obviously led the way in points with 34.3 a game. Russell Westbrook behind him at 27.2. Eric Gordon at 14.4. And there's a lot of names I'm going to mention here. Clint Capella had 13.9. Behind that, him, I mean, you had a lot of guys actually that averaged over 10 points. Ben McLemore, Daniel House, Robert Covington, Jeff Green, uh, Austin Rivers didn't quite get there at the end. He was a nice contributor off the bench, so I wanted to throw his name in there. But they had a lot of offensive pr- contributors, which you would expect from the top scoring team in the league. Rebound-wise, Clint Capella during his time there played 39 games with them, led the way with 13.8. Robert Covington played in 22 games, was behind him with eight rebounds a game. Then Russell Westbrook with 7.9. James Harden and P.J. Tucker tied at 6.6. James Harden led the way assist-wise with 7.5. Russell Westbrook behind him with 7. Steals, no surprise, James Harden at 1.8, Russell Westbrook at 1.6, Robert Covington also at 1.6, and then he had P.J. Tucker and Daniel House at 1.1, and then Blocks, Robert Covington at 2.2, Clint Capella at 1.8. Lots of names that I just threw out there. Anyone in particular that stood out to you, Caveman? Oh, yeah. Uh, First off... uh... Very, very excited. I've been waiting for, been waiting for this. Uh, uh, to start off, I didn't mention it last episode that we did with the, with the, with the Thunder, which I'm kind of upset at myself. But for this, the plus-minus leader, you want to take a guess? Was it James Harden or Russell Westbrook? I'll still say James Harden. Yeah, it was James Harden at plus four point two. Uh, Westbrook came in at plus 2.2. So, uh, that's the thing there. I mean, we'll talk about uh, the head coach opening with 
D'Antoni gone uh, a little bit later in the episode. But I mean, when you when it when it comes down to the Rockets, I mean, you got you got to talk about their two their two superstars that they have on their team. I mean, you knew this you knew this was coming, so you can kind of tune out for the next <laughs> the next handful of minutes here. Good, I kind of needed a nap, so good. <laughs> I mean, let's start with Russell Westbrook. I mean, what you're a guy who you think who might be your most hated player in the league outside of LeBron. Uh, but for me, he's just he's always been a favorite uh, of mine for a long time. I mean, for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, he 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 reminds me of uh, he reminds me he reminds me of Allen Iverson. Look oh, at. I mean, I had to, I had to mention some Allen Iverson. I mean, you look at Russell Westbrook. I mean, for all the hate he gets, in terms of like a, in terms of a motor and going hard, the whole entire game, like he go, he goes harder than anyone, than might maybe of anyone in the league, maybe outside Jimmy Butler. But uh, I mean, you look on the year, he's, he averaged, like you said, he averaged twenty-seven points, eight rebounds, seven assists. I mean, as as long as he stays with James Harden, we're probably not going to see another triple double average like he like he did. Uh, I mean, but he's all he's for 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 several more years. He's are probably going to be about the numbers that he puts up. Uh, still impressive. I mean, made the All NBA third team, and we kind of talked about this with the last episode with the with the Thunder, but. Me personally, and I even think maybe maybe you might be on my side with this one. That said, he probably should have made the second team over Chris Paul. Uh, very quickly before I get into James Harden, do you do you agree with that? Do you think he should have made the the NBA second team over Chris Paul? Yeah, I mean, when you go strictly by stats, especially, I mean, I think one thing that I kind of took away from the all NBA teams is I think they weighted defense a lot more than they normally do. Chris Paul was actually a really strong defender last season. They only do two all defensive teams, but he was the top vote getter for guys that didn't make one of the first two teams, Chris Paul, that is. So he was a very strong defender. So if they put that into play, that's probably the reason why, but I don't even like Russell Westbrook and I would have had him ahead of Chris Paul. Yes, uh, I got I got him to say something <laughs> positive about the Rockets in this episode. So that was my whole goal. Uh, and then obviously going on, I mean James Harden, who who's been who's been might might be the best offensive force in the league at this point. I mean he's with his pat did step back jumper and. His flailing that people claim he does to get to the free throw line, which I I obviously don't see that. I don't think he flails, but of course he does. That's part of <laughs> that's half of the NBA offensive game. <laughs> so I mean, look at 37, 34.7 rebounds, seven assists. I mean, what else can you really? That's that. That's what I kind of know as I'm talking about it. Like they're so amazing. It's hard to hype them up to be more amazing than they already are. <laughs> so you don't want to talk about how much of a loser James Harden is, or should we do that I mean, another you, time? I mean, I mean, this is a Rockets episode. I mean, if you okay. want to take a few to talk about how much of a loser you think James Harden is, but we know we know you like your 
we like your defense, and Harden isn't really known for that. Although, even you'll admit, in the bubble and and during dur- even during the, the playoffs versus the that matchup versus the Lakers, he did play a little bit of defense. Mm-hmm. Not that it mattered that much. Come, that was the one like, game they won against the Lakers. Yeah, he played some pretty good defense. Uh, unfortunately, it was prob- Russell Westbrook really had a, did not have a good series versus the Lakers, but that's unfortunate. But I mean, James, I mean, we'll talk about this duo going forward. But when you have two of the top, I'll say two of the top ten players in the NBA, in my opinion, uh, you're 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 even they're you're set, you're in good shape. So. I mean, I'll I'll talk about it for a minute. I have to. I can't fight the bait, I guess. I'm going to channel my inner Max Kellerman maybe a little bit here. But, <laughs> I mean, I truly believe that James Harden will never, ever win an NBA championship. <laughs> I mean, I really believe. And I'm not just saying that. And I think that one game where he played really strong defense against the Lakers makes me hate him even more, James Harden. <laughs> because... A big part of playing defense, and James Harden is athletic. I'm not knocking. He's the most talented offensive player in the game today, especially with Kevin Durant not healthy last season. I don't think there's much debate that he's the best offensive player in the game, especially last season. So it's not knocking that part of it, but the reality is you're never going to win a championship playing defense the way they do. That's just the reality. There's numbers. You can look it up. Teams that play, you don't even have to be the best defensive team. They could be an average defensive team, but they're so bad that they're not going to win a championship constructed like this. And James Harden's a big reason for it. The reason it makes me really angry is because most of defense is just effort and attitude. He has the athletic ability to play defense, and he proved it in that game. He's just too lazy on the defensive end to do it. Like, put some effort into it, play defense, and you will win championships. But he won't because he doesn't care about winning championships. He just wants to put up numbers. I really believe that, and it's uh, and I get it. He puts a lot of effort onto the offensive side of the ball, but... You're athletic. Put some, at least Russell Westbrook. I don't like Russell Westbrook, but he does have a high motor. He does put a lot of effort into it. I personally think he cares more about stat stuffing than actually winning. And I know a lot of people don't agree with me when I say that, but I've I've just seen him take bad shots in clutch moments. And he wants a ball in his hands, which is good, but you got to take good shots. I mean, and he just doesn't sometimes. And he gets wild with the ball. And I, I just... I like his effort, though. I mean, I'll give him that, and I'll give him some credit there, but that's what drives me nuts about James Harden. I think it's just lazy and a lack of caring on the defensive end, and his teams will never win a championship with that attitude. So if he changes it, maybe they can do it, and I'll look like Max Kellerman then, but that's fine. Um, (laughs) I'll mention a few role players since it's obvious to talk about those two guys. Um, You know, I'll talk about Austin Rivers a little bit. He played in 68 games for him this year. I think for the first time in his career, I really saw a guy that can be a really strong role player off the bench. I think he fit perfectly into their system last year. He does have, we'll talk about him a little bit when we talk about the free agents, but I mean, I think it's in his best interest to try to stay with this organization. 
I just think it's perfect for the way that he plays. Another guy that he, I mentioned him quickly in the points leaders. He averaged over 10 points this year was Ben McLemore. He was another guy that was taken pretty high in the first round. He definitely hasn't lived up to that hype. But once again, he showed some offensive ability to at least be a solid role player off the bench. And, you know, sometimes these guys, you got to rectify your career to a certain extent. I'm not saying that Ben McLemore is ever going to be a superstar, but at least he put his career in a direction where he can be a productive player off the bench. He's a productive three-point scorer, so I think that's promising. Another guy I just want to give a quick kudos to is P.J. Tucker, who was playing center for them a lot when they were playing small ball. And man, that you want to talk about another guy that puts a lot of effort in on the defensive side. I mean, P.J. Tucker is a very high-motor player. I mean, we saw in the playoffs when he was guarding Anthony Davis at one point, and he was all over him. And it, he only had enough energy to do it for one game. But I mean, he, uh, he <laughs> yeah. Anthony Davis looked not like Anthony Davis for one game. So uh, PJ Tucker actually led the team in starts this season. So he was a constant contributor for him. He started 72 games. He's a very high motor defensive player. And I think a guy like that is really key. And uh, I'd like to see him stick around there because I think that's the kind of player they need on the defensive side of the ball to take the next step forward. But I just wanted to bring up some of those role players, uh, even Robert Covington. I've always been a big Robert Covington fan. He's really a, uh, he's just a modern three and D player. And I like the way that he plays. So I think he was a nice get as well. So uh, let's move on to the roster recap and get into their free agents. And I'm sure caveman will have lots to say here. Uh, their depth chart. I mean, we've mentioned a lot of these players, Russell Westbrook, obviously at the one with Austin rivers behind him, Harden at the two with Ben McLemore behind him. We have Eric Gordon, who we haven't really talked about much at the three with Ben McLemore behind him and Thabo Cephalosha behind him. I uh, remember him with the Thunder a little bit. He was with the uh, James Harden, Kevin Durant Thunder. I remember when they went to the finals the one year he was on the team. He's 36 years old now. Just had to throw that in there Um, at the four. Robert Covington. Jeff Green was on the roster. He uh, Jeff Green's another guy that I think this team should probably keep a player like that or at least get a player that's like him uh they also at then at center they had pj tucker starting uh damari carroll they ended up signing at one point i i he's another guy that obviously i like he's always been a hard-nosed defensive player damari carroll but uh beyond that i don't think there's anyone overly relevant from the roster. So I'll dive into some of their free agents and let caveman talk for a while. There's quite a few names to bring up here. Um, so we'll start with Austin rivers who has a player option only for $2.3 million. So he has a little bit of a decision to make here. Ben McLemore has a team option. Chris Clemens, David Nwaba didn't mention him at all so far uh they have a bunch of other veteran guys that they signed at one point or another during the season tyson chandler was on the roster is going to be a free agent cephalosha bruno you're going to make me mention all of these guys so i just have to do it i guess damari carroll jeff green luke Ma- how do you pronounce this guy's name i can never i can never say it properly i mean i hear it all the time he started his career with the Bucks. And even I know. That's why I'm asking. Never, I never even 
Luke Mabayamau. It's so, I, I can never say it 100% accurately, and I've heard them say it a million times, and I can just never roll it off my tongue properly. So um, that's the best that you're going to get from me. He was on the roster, though. And then, as always, I have to mention the two-way players for Caveman, yeah. William Howard and Michael Frazier. Big studs there. Yes, to come play some valuable minutes for him next year. Uh, you never know. I mean, I mean, going over the, going over their uh, free agents here. I mean, Austin Rivers is probably the most intriguing name at this point. I mean, when you talk about free agents, you obviously have James Harden and Russell Westbrook are going to combine to make over eighty million dollars combined next season. So you're kind of. You're kind of stuck there, but Austin Rivers, I think, he played himself. I think for him, if he wants to go to a team where he fits, mm-hmm. it's, for Austin Rivers, it's going to really depend on what does he want. Does he does he want to be on a team where he fits and could be a, uh, it works for him, or does he want, does he want the money, which... You know, you can't ever blame anybody if they want to go and get the money. Because, you know, if he hits the open market, he's going to get more than $2.2 million a year. That's the reality of the situation. He's probably a, a, probably a guy that's probably probably command, like, in the 8 to 10 range. Yeah, I'd say so, a minimum of 5, at least, which is yeah. still, no matter what it is, it's more than two point. Three million. Two point two. He's gonna be somewhere between five and ten. I can see a team team paying him paying him ten million a year. I mean, based on the crazy contracts that guys get. But he's really the only name. I was very also surprised to know that Tabo Savalosha was still on the roster. I mean, he's a free agent. I mean, I don't know why he would even continue playing at this point. <laughs> Same, I just like to say his name, honestly. Same with Tyson Chandler. I mean, given the way they were constructive, surprised they had a guy like him even on the roster. Oh yeah. So, and he's another guy. He's he's not a spring chicken anymore, to say the least. Thirty-eight so, years old. So I don't get why he would continue playing either. That's <laughs> a case of a lot of these guys if you really look at it. I mean, Jeff Green, he isn't getting any younger either. He's, I know he's, he's, he's probably in his early to mid thirties by now. 34, yeah. 34, Jesus. Uh, DeMar Carroll as well. I mean, he's, I mean, 34. Jesus. What is up with all these 34 year olds? Except below to 36, yeah. For the Rockets. I mean, kind of makes their free agent situation a little, not as, uh, a dire. I mean, I don't care how important they are. I don't think it really bothers you that much to lose a bunch of 34-year-olds. Uh, but Austin Rivers, like I said, is probably the interesting name to keep in mind here. I mean, uh, that Nwaba has a club option for nine, for under a million dollars. So, I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer pickup for him, even at even as a, as a filler. And... Uh, Transitioning into their off-season needs, uh, similar to the last episode we did with the Thunder, uh, we'll talk about it first for a bit here. Uh, 
They also have a head coach opening with Mike D'Antoni finally gone. And let me just say, as a Houston Rockets fan, I am so relieved to see Mike D'Antoni gone. It was clear that it was going to work. Whatever he was doing wasn't working. Uh, and you mentioned the fact that they were one of the worst defensive teams, if not the worst defensive team in the NBA. A lot of that has to do... Now, we, if you look back at the history of Mike D'Antoni, he hasn't really been known for having really good defensive teams. <laughs> so, uh, I think the next coach, even, even if... And I suspect they're going to try to keep the same philosophy as, in terms of small ball... Maybe not to the extreme, but uh, but it won't be a Mike D'Antoni system, so you would think that they'll at least play a little bit better on the defensive end next year, whoever their next coach is going to be. So that'll be an interesting thing. A couple of names. I mean, I think this is a situation where they want to kind of go out and get more of a veteran coach that has that experience that playoff experience and a playoff pedigree i mean you mentioned you mentioned it with uh mike now i now that he's gone i finally feel relieved i can keep trashing mike d'antoni you mentioned like he's a mediocre playoff head coach so you obviously if you're the rockets you want to step up from that a couple of guys who i'd like for this situation i mean Another guy that we've mentioned in every single head coach opening. I feel like we're just repeating the same names for every team, but... I'm going to bring up some different ones, actually. I mean, you want to bring up some different ones, go ahead. But I have a couple of the same names. Uh, Tyron Lue. I mean, he has that championship experience. uh, Something that they clearly lacked uh, in their previous head coach. Uh, he, he has that ex, kind of that experience dealing with the superstar, uh, dynamic there when he dealt with LeBron and, uh, in Cleveland. Another name, uh, that I feel should, should be a coach in the NBA right now is Mark Jackson. Uh, a name, a intriguing name. He kind of. Like like we mentioned, he kind of missed out on the superstar, uh, superstar team that he helped form in Golden State. Mm-hmm. So if he gets a chance now to go to a team like Houston, who has, who has a pair of superstars in uh, Westbrook and Harden, I think that would be uh, he does he deserve he deserves to coach a team with superstars because he helped develop that team in uh, Golden State. But I'm. Very interested to see your who you have as your new names for uh, the Rockets uh, head coach opening here. So there was a article I was reading on CBS Sports this morning from some of their beat writers. Uh-huh. And first, I want to say with Mike D'Antoni, he is the front runner for a job. And I wanted to bring it up in this episode. According to CBS Sports, the Pelicans are very interested in Mike D'Antoni right now. And uh, I. 
throw my drink across the floor. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm um You what are you trying to depress me during the Rockets episode? <laughs> yeah, that was actually my goal. I hope it worked. But um It did. The Rockets now I don't have a only... beverage. I don't know what the Rockets are going to do because I agree that I really thought they were going to go after a championship caliber head coach. Because if you want to get real for a minute, their window of opportunity is closing. I mean, that's the reality is Westbrook and Harden are 31 right now. They're signed for three more seasons, well, two more seasons, and then they both have a player option their third year. So, I mean, they're for $46 million, so I'm assuming they're going to pick up those player options. But So you you have a three-year window right now where if the Rockets want to win a championship, they need to do it, like, now, immediately. I mean, you don't have two seasons to wait and build. But there's only three confirmed candidates that they've met with so far, and none of them have head coaching experience. It's David Vanterpool, who is a Minnesota Timberwolves assistant, Stephen Silas, who is with the Mavericks, and Wes Unsell Jr., who is currently with the Nuggets. So I just think that's really interesting. Those are the only three candidates that they've interviewed so far. They wanted a chance to talk to Doc, and I think Doc would have been a really nice fit with them, and I think that would have been ideal. But Doc essentially went to Philly, signed a deal, and didn't meet with anybody else. So they didn't really even have an opportunity to chase him. So I'm interested. I mean, we've seen it, and I mentioned it before, with the Nets. We saw how much uh, Steve Nash getting hired had to do with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And I think you could be looking at another situation like that here. If these guys have a good relationship with a guy we're not even talking about, I wouldn't be surprised if they went in that direction. And maybe we're thinking about it the wrong way. I mean, the Nets are in a similar situation where they're trying to win now, and they took a chance on a, a, a guy that doesn't have any head coaching experience. So I think that the Rockets may hire somebody that we're not talking about based on some of the rumors and reports I'm reading. Not that I think that's the right move, but I do think that we may be surprised by it. Um, I think it's a little interesting because none of those names are coming from organizations who have had a lot of success over the past few years. I mean, the Mavericks and the Nuggets with Silas and Unsell Jr. were good last season, but over the course of their coaching careers, they haven't been with an overly successful organization. So... I think that that's kind of interesting. Those are the guys that they're targeting. And who knows? I, I really think it could be somebody. I don't think it's going to be Jeff Van Gundy, by the way. I know that's a name that people keep bringing up. I don't think that Jeff Van Gundy is going to coach. I think that's something that the media is just creating. And I think we just make that connection as fans. Like, oh, Jeff Van Gundy is going to come back. But I'd be really surprised. I don't think he's going to. Um, same with Mark Jackson. I brought up his name. Realistically, if those guys want to coach, they'll have the opportunity. But nothing is really indicated that they want to come back right now. So I don't think you'll see either one of those guys. And I could be completely wrong. That's just my opinion on it. But they, it's a big decision here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm so I just pulled up this article. So they're moving forward to their next phase. They So like you said, they have the two... They have more. They have another meeting scheduled with both Silas and Unsound, but they also have a meeting scheduled with Kenny Atkinson, mm-hmm. the former Nets head coach. And they plan to have. They do plan to have a sit down with Tyron Lue early next week. Yep. So I think. I mean, I would be thrilled if they got a guy. If they if they got a guy like uh, Tyron Lue, who if you're if you're like you said. Yes, the reality of the situation is that the Rockets have a very small window 
to win a championship. Now, both as we're getting into the off-season needs here, I mean, hypothetically speaking, as much and I've been agonizing over this ever since I made ever since I made these notes and been waiting to do this pod. But if you're the Rockets and you're not going to bring in a dude with a lot of head coach or a lot or any head coaching experience, why why would you keep both Harden and Westbrook on your team? You're at that point, and that is kind of, it's me venting for a little, for a minute here. If you're if the Rockets, you need to, they need to try to win now. With if they with Harden and Westbrook on the roster, like you said, they're not getting any younger. Not that they're old or still not in the prime of their careers or anything, because they they still are right now. But if you're, why would you bring in a coach with no experience to lead this team, who has championship goals and can realistically? with the right coach and with the right secondary pieces, can be a championship contender next season. Why would you bring in a guy with no head coaching experience? If that's the route you are going to go, to me what that signals is is you are going to try to get rid of either Russell Westbrook or James Harden. Now, I mean... That that brings up that's something that I don't think a, a lot of people are talking about. But you look at their contract situations, and you know they're both making you know a fair amount of money to say the least next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're and if you believe that you if you believe that they can win a championship together, which I still think they can. You obviously we made it well known that you don't think they can win a championship with this team but if the management thinks if the management thinks they can why would they bring in a coach with no experience that just that just boils my i I, it just it grinds my gears on why they would uh consider well let me ask you a question then honestly at the end of the day because i think it matter i kind of look at it the opposite if they bring in a head coach with no experience it's probably somebody Harden and Westbrook respect as a person or a former player. Another name I didn't bring up that's come up a lot is Sam Cassell, who was respected as a player. So maybe there's a tie there, but it doesn't matter who the head coach is in today's NBA. I mean, honestly, when you have James Harden and Westbrook, how much does the head coach matter? I mean, you saw Mike D'Antoni destroy them last season. I mean, I think it matters more than people think. So uh, a lot of people say it doesn't matter because, you know, like LeBron, for example, I mean, he just runs. He's really the coach for the Lakers. I don't think Harden and Westbrook are at that level, but I think it matters more than people think. So they at least maybe not as much X's and O's necessarily, but just having the respect of your team. Tyron Blue. And I mean, I think that makes sense. As long as, but it's got to be Westbrook and Harden approved because I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I think it'll be hard to move on from them. I mean, they should, don't get me wrong, if they want to win a championship. And I almost think this is a terrible head coaching job for somebody because you're almost set up for failure at this point. Because, I mean, I don't believe that 
they're going to win a championship with how they're constructed. So realistically, you have a three-year window here as a head coach, and if you don't win in those three years, you're going to be fired. I mean, so it's an opportunity still to be a head coach, but I almost feel like you're set up to fail at the end of the day with the way that this roster is constructed. So, I mean, mate, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I'm an assistant coach and somebody's offering me a head coaching job with James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I'm going out and taking that. Don't get me wrong, but I still feel like this is a trap. I think that whoever they hire will be fired in a minimum or will be there a maximum of three years. I don't think they'll win a championship and that head coach will be on his way. Honestly, I think Mike D'Antoni was such a bad coach that I literally think all they need is a new coach that will come in and make them play some defense. You know, whatever coach they bring in next, I I would bet my life savings that they'll be they'll, their defensive rating will be better this year than it was than it was last year. Well, I hope it's not worse. <laughs> <laughs> So, that would be terrible. So they're going to be a better defensive team next year. Pretty much no matter who the head coach is. So that, to me, with the offensive game that they have with, with Russell Westbrook and James Harden, if they even if they even become, an, like you said, if they even become an average defensive team next year, that team could win a championship. If you're, if you're, if they're, if the Rockets with that offensive firepower become an average uh, defensive team, I think they can win a championship. So, I guess we're, we're, we're very different on... I think this is, this is, this is the conclusion when I we're obviously not even really done with it because we still haven't really talked about their need, their draft targets no, here. We definitely but, haven't, so... No, let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, let, let's get into some of that, I guess. We kind of... I mean, the head coaching job is obviously their biggest... One, but uh, for me, starting off with the offensive needs, I mean, it seems like going forward, they're going to at least go with the, the still the small ball approach to some extent. Probably not to the level that they did with Dan Tony. But with that in mind, I think they probably want to go after some, not maybe not, not like traditional centers, but kind of. To fit their system, like some stretch, like a stretch, some stretch fours that you could see them play some minutes at the five. The reality is, even if you want to, they're not going to go out and sign traditional centers. They're not. I don't think that's the that's. And they're ever going to win. They just need to play some defense. They just need to bring in a coach that plays some defense. Uh, And that's my that was actually my second need is the right coach, but. We already went over that. Uh, and then, like, it's, a, it's just some guys that uh, that can play some defense. I mean, that's that's the reality of the situation. Is they just need they just need guys that uh, can play some defense and get the right head coach. Uh, a couple of names. Uh, if they were, I mean, kind of like a, not kind of like a not realistic one, but kind of like a my. Kind of like my hopes and dreams, but like a Kevin Love. Oh, get out of here! If they were able to pair Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Love, I mean, I think they would have less wins. 
<laughs> I really do. That is the complete opposite. They are just continuing to add guys that can't defend. <laughs> that can only shoot. They can shoot. They he can they they can shoot. I mean, uh, another another interesting point that I've uh that I have been hearing circulating is they might possibly look to trade Eric Gordon, possibly uh package him and a couple of their decent younger pieces and or their uh their, yeah basically their younger pieces and kind of get a little bit more of an upgrade. So I think if they were able to do that, uh, a guy like Aaron Gordon, he's a name. I mean, you probably hate any free agent going to the Houston Rockets, but bottom line is as much as you don't like it, they are going to sign somebody in free agency. They are going to have, they're going to sign some guys that be on their team next year, whether you like it or not. Well, uh, yeah, the interesting note before I'll uh, see what you think about what their targets are. If if you have any, I don't even know if you have any notes for their targets, but of course I do. Uh, they don't have a draft pick this year. Yep. And that's, I mean, I was reading hmm. they could, they they do have some flexibility, and the their GM Daryl uh, Daryl Morey, who we haven't really talked about, but I think this is a very uh, pressing year for him as the as the GM. I think he's not not saying if they have a bad season he'll be gone, but he's kind of best seat. Oh, you if it was up to you he'd be gone already. But uh, that seat if they don't win this year it's definitely would be he would it would be getting a little warm to say the least. Uh. But they could potentially buy a draft pick. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of a idea that uh, Morius floated around. I mean, they have a little bit of money to play with. They could end up buying themselves into the mid to late second round if they wanted. Uh, so that's something. But you know, that's kind of even if they get a kind of mid to late second round pick, those are guys that you know. Yeah, I'm sure we don't even know about. Uh, hmm. But so, uh, what, what, what do you, what do you? I'm curious as if you actually have any notes on who they should target. I always have notes. Why would you ever disrespect okay. me? Like I have two monitors up right now. I um, well, first, kind of touching on the draft pick situation. I think that's the kind of thing that could really hurt them long term. Because I kind of mentioned they're on a smaller win, or yeah, I mean they really only have a three-year window right now. I think this is when you need to start kind of racking up those international prospects and younger guys that you can develop that can step in if they do need to rebuild. And I'm going to be honest, I think this could crash and burn in three years. I really do, because I think that's how it's set up right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the reality. If they don't win a championship, Westbrook and Harden are 35 years old now towards the end of their careers. I mean, and they leave and you have nothing. I mean, it could be it could be bad, but you know, there's a long way to go before that happens. But I mean, I honestly, and quickly before you bring up, I honestly, and this is what I think they will do if they don't at least make it to the Western Conference Finals at least next year. I think they could. You could definitely see them uh, shopping 
one or if not both of them before that window was up. I don't if they don't make some serious noise in the Western Conference next year, I don't see them playing and them being kind of this, you know, four or five first round exit team for the next three years. But I don't think they will let that happen with this current team. I don't think both of them, Harden and Westbrook, will be around if that's the trajectory they're on. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't think that's crazy at all. Um, few other notes that I have. I mean, unsurprisingly, I think their biggest needs are size and defense. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, I do think, I don't know if they necessarily need a traditional big man, but I think part of trying to win a championship is knowing your competition. And if there's one thing that we've learned during these Western Conference playoffs, it's that Anthony Davis is the X factor for the Lakers. And if you want to make it to the NBA Finals out of the Western Conference, you're probably going to have to go through the Lakers for a few years, and you have to figure out a way to stop Anthony Davis. That's the reality of when you're trying to build a team, nobody cares about the regular season in the NBA. It's all about who your competition is in the playoffs and how can you beat them. And if you're looking around at, I mean, even look at the Nuggets. Do they have anybody that can keep up with Jokic? I mean, that was a big factor with the Lakers and Nuggets series is they made Jokic look silly. So, I mean, I think the Rockets need to do something in that department. You know, when you look at a lot of the centers that are free agents, a guy like Marcus Gasol probably doesn't make sense for what they do. And there's a lot of traditional big men on the market. I'll say a name that I think would be fantastic, and he's looked fantastic during these this playoff run. I think they should bring in Dwight Howard. I think that'd be great. I think he'd be honestly kind of you want, perfect. You want Dwight Howard back in Houston? Yeah, I do. I think that, that it would a be a train wreck. But he's, I mean, it's a whole new system. I don't know what his issue was there, but I think he would be a perfect so fit. So you just play want guy. even further to bring them down. So that's your, yep. that's your, you're not actually thinking of how they could be better. Just you're make just them thinking, worse. what moves can they make to make them worse? And like, oh, Dwight Howard, that worked out so well before. That was five back. years ago. That was five years ago. This is a new coach, a new team. I don't think it matters anymore. Is it going to happen? No, but I honestly think that he could be pesky enough as a defender to help them defend other bigs. So I think play style-wise, he would be a nice fit. Other names that I have here are more wing players, and a lot of these guys are more... I think they're not strong offensive forces at all, but I think you can afford to have guys that aren't strong offensively because Westbrook and Harden can shield them. So I have guys like uh, Chris Dunn, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, really strong defenders, individual defenders. A young guy that's really interesting to me is DeAnthony Melton. I really liked him with Memphis. Uh, He's going to be a free agent this offseason. I think he has some upside. One thing we haven't talked about, the Rockets really don't have a lot of money to play with. They're kind of cash-strapped with their salary cap right now. So, I mean, maybe they could bring in – they have an option. They could bring in a few lower-tier names or maybe afford to pay one guy a decent salary. There's kind of two ways you can go there. Uh, I like the Anthony Melvin. They probably have the mid-level exception they could play with to kind of – 
Yep, that's true too. Um, so I had DeAnthony Melton. I he's really young. I like. I think he has a lot of upside defensively. So I like him. They could bring in veteran guys like Jay Crowder if he wanted to leave. Wes Matthews, veteran guys. Uh, another big man that I like, who we just talked about in our last episode. Another young upside guy if they could afford him. Nerlens Noel, I think, could be really good at the five for him. Mm-hmm. He proved to be a really strong defender. He gives him a little bit of size. He's not overly slow where he's going to necessarily change their style of play, but I think it could be pesky enough to help them there. So if uh, he's on the open market and the Thunder don't aggressively pursue bringing him back, I think he's an interesting name. I also threw Willie Cauley-Stein in there. I've always liked Willie Cauley-Stein. I think he could be a high-energy guy to play some minutes at the five for him and play solid defense. Not that he's quite lived up to what I thought he was going to be, but he... uh, So... I think that's all the names I had. I just brought up a lot of names. I mean, it's a pipe dream. This is the kind of team that I think could really use Montrez Harrell. They don't have the money for that. But, I mean, if you threw him, I think that would be a fantastic move for them. But there's literally, like, no way that's going to happen. So, um, I think that pretty much. Any other names you want to bring up or you want to go to the future outlook here? Oh, yeah. So, you have stuff to say about the future outlook. For I'm sure you do. You, you can go ahead first. Oh, you want? Oh, I can go first. I mean, yep. this is because I want to make sure that we end on a negative note. So I'll go last. Out, <laughs> But usually, you ask if I have any final words. That's true. Yeah, so. I usually. <laughs> uh, let's see. Going ahead the next year. I mean, I'm st- I'm sticking with what I've said. What I've what I've been what I've been saying about them. They're gonna. With Russell, as as long as they don't do something crazy and trade either Russell Westbrook or James Harden, which, as crazy as that sounds right now, I'm, I mean, crazier things have happened. So I wouldn't put anything past anything past this what the times we're in now. But I don't obviously I don't see that happening. So I expect both of them to be there next year. I mean, with that dynamic uh, duo leading the charge, they're going to be, they're obviously going to be a playoff team next year. Let's not, let's, let's not, even, even you hate them so, so much, even you can admit they will be a playoff team next year. Nope. No? They will will be a playoff team next year. I mean, I personally think, all they need is a head coach that's going to make them play some defense. And I think that's going to make a huge difference for him just by having a coach and have change in that philosophy. Uh, so I, they're going to, they're going to be a top four seed just like they were this year. Uh, they'll be in the upper half of the Western conference. I mean, the unfortunately, the Lakers are still around and they exist, sadly. <laughs> uh, so I could we'll see, wait closer to the season to see what everything but happens. But there, I can definitely see them in the Western Conference Finals next year. I mean, that's that's how. I mean, with Russell Westbrook and James Harden and a coach that's gonna make the other guys play some defense. I mean. 
What what else do you possibly need? I think that you're underrating how challenging it's going to be to make James Harden play defense when he's 32 years old. He hasn't done it up to this point. No one's going to come and wave a wand, and James Harden's going to be like, oh, man, I'm going to play defense now. I mean, that's just not the reality. I mean, that's why it's important. I don't care who the head coach is. It just needs to be somebody that they respect. And I want to see a head coach come in and bench James Harden when he's not playing defense and say, listen, if you want to win a championship, this is how we do it. And if you don't do it that way, you're going to ride the bench. You're going to bench the NBA's leading scorer. I would. I absolutely would. Of course you would. Because it's more proving a point and making a point saying this is how we need to play basketball. And if you don't want to play basketball this way, you're not going to be a part of this team. I think, I truly think a part of that last year is D'Antoni didn't really care to hold guys accountable because that's never been. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the whole point is accountability. You're not accountable, ride the bench. I don't care. Bring in a head coach that uh, is going to make them play some defense, and I, who, who knows how that would, uh, especially because I don't know. I think another part of the thing, part of the thing is, is I don't know how much, especially Westbrook and Harden, how much they really respected D'Antoni as a head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure. They're both. You might you might think that they don't care about winning a championship, but you know, I I fully believe that Russell Westbrook and James Harden are very frustrated how the past couple of years have 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 went for them and have went for them in Houston. So prove it then. Play prove, defense. Hey, hey, well, they'll they'll have a chance to prove it next year with a new head coach. So I think, uh, yeah. So. They're gonna be a top. They're gonna be a top half team in the West. Uh, I can see them in the Western Conference Finals next year versus the Lakers. So I'm interested to see how you think they'll be as a. Let me guess, like a seventh A seed. I think they could be. I mean, so they're definitely a playoff team. I mean, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to be ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not going to say I want Andre Iguodala to take the last shot of the game. I'm not going to do anything <laughs> crazy like that. But I uh, that's an inside joke, by the way, if you're wondering what I'm talking about. Max Kellerman said that he would want Andre Iguodala over Steph Curry to take the final shot in an important game. So that's yeah. insanity. But the Rockets are clearly going to be a playoff team. But, I mean, the West is so strong. I wouldn't be surprised if they were, like, a sixth seed. I really wouldn't. I mean, especially with the Warriors coming back at full force. I really like the future outlook of the Mavericks. And the Mavericks only had one less win than the Rockets last season. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were really close to one another. So definitely the Rockets next season. 50? I mean, that's not unreasonable. You could have 50 wins. wins. Yeah, I mean, well, they also didn't play a full season, though. So that's not overly... 50 is realistic. I think that's what they had the previous few years. They had more than 50 wins, actually. So I wouldn't be surprised. They're most likely a top five seed somewhere in that range but if they fell to like six i wouldn't be that surprised but i still i mean i don't think they're gonna make it very far until they play better defense so i I mean i'm not saying it's not going to happen if there's a complete change in philosophy if james harden wakes up and decides hey i'm gonna actually do this it's all possible but 
As it stands right now, I don't see any chance that they win an NBA championship. No chance right now. Oh, I really. I, I don't. I, I don't like hearing that, man. That just brings that 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 hurts my heart. And that's extreme to say no chance. Of course, they literally have a chance. They're in the league, so they have, oh, <laughs> they have a certain not, chance. I mean, even the Minnesota fan. Timberwolves have a chance, so they're well, literally in the NBA. Oh, gosh, man. I just I don't like their style of play. I mean, I get it. That's one of the reasons Daryl Morey's not going to get fired. He's a rock star in the stat world. I mean, he's really revolutionized the the game with three-point shooting, and a lot of teams are using those analytics now. And I'm all for the analytics, but, I mean, you got to play defense still. There's analytics that show strong defensive teams still have a better chance to make it further in the playoffs. So, I mean, you have to balance that offensive game with a stronger defensive mindset. So that's the reality is they have the superstars to do it. You need superstars to win championships nowadays. They have it. It's just you got to put it all together. So I'm not optimistic about it, but you never know. I think it would take a lot and a huge culture change, which seems to be they have an opportunity to do it so we'll see if they actually do it but i'll let you what's your final thoughts on them you want to say anything positive i mean i mean you kind of you kind of you kind of made me a little depressed with your <laughs> with your take here i mean I mike kinda, d'antoni to the pelicans and the rockets God. are going to implode See, i've been thirsty years. for the past 20 minutes and i threw my drink across the room when you said that <laughs> so i haven't had my beverage <laughs> and now I'm upset. So uh I mean I love I love I love me some Westbrook and Harden, so they're they're gonna I I'm extremely confident going into next season. They'll have as many championships as Allen Iverson, that's my prediction. Oh hey, <laughs> you mentioned Allen Iverson as your final point, so I'm good with that. Okay. Not in a <laughs> positive light but okay that's fine that's all we have for the rockets episode then so thank you everybody for watching make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel the fantasy mafia you can check out the audio version as well if you prefer that on spotify google and apple Podcasts. make sure you subscribe you'll get a notification when we put up new content go over like the fantasy mafia on facebook you can also join our facebook group which is where you can go and converse with your fellow sports fans about it doesn't have to just be fantasy. It can be just sports talk in general, NBA, MLB, NFL, tennis, hockey, rugby, no, hockey. cricket. I mean, literally anything. Curling. that you I'd want. rather talk about curling. Curl- yeah, I mean, I'm all about curling. So we'll, uh, anything that's on your mind. So make sure you go over, check that out. We appreciate the support, though, and we'll see everybody next time. Yep.